coming up on Rant. It's that time of year again where we list our top 10 movies, as well as our not-so-top 10 movies, of 2014. Again, and welcome to this episode of Rambling About Notable Topics. I'm your host, Kyle Cicilloni, and today I'm joined by... Alex number one! And Alex number two! <laughs> anyway, that's that was how we're going to have to decide for this, because we have two Alexes. We have two Alex Zs, to be precise. Yeah. So I'm Alex Zarnoski, and that over there... I, I am Alex Zwizek. There you Zwizek. go. Got it. Zwizek. Well, yeah. So, yeah, this is our annual, fourth annual now, Alex, Alex One, I believe. Fourth annual. uh, Top ten movies of the year, of 2014 in this case. Um, Yeah, so it's... It's hard to believe it. I know, it's crazy. Like, I feel like we just started doing it, and now we're, like, on a roll, and I look forward to it every year. Like, towards the end of the year, I'm always like, oh, man, I gotta start putting my top ten together. Yeah. And, like, throughout the year, whenever I go see a movie, I'll, like, mark it down or something. But, yeah. So, I do want to thank Alex number two for uh, filling in on such short notice for this episode. I do want to thank you for that, and welcome to Rant! It's happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, so this is good. Excited to get you on on this. This is our uh, big annual movie, top ten movie episode that we do. So Filled with um, movies and top yeah, tens. It's about movies and top tens and... Lists. And no pressure. And, and no, no pressure. pressure. No pressure. <laughs> so our friend, um, Mr. Sean Gay, couldn't be here tonight, so that's who Alex 2 is filling in for. Um... Sean did want to, I'm going to at least mention his top five because he wasn't able to be here and I still want to honor some of his list since he worked very hard at watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we're going to start with Sean. I'm just going to shout out Sean's top ten here. Uh, he has Interstellar at number five. Wow. Yep. Inherent Vice at number four. The Babadook at number three. Boyhood at number two. And a little film that I had recommended to him from Netflix, this little indie film called Blue Rune, as his number one movie of the year. And uh, I'm not sure. Have you guys seen Blue Rune or have heard of Blue Rune before? No, actually. I've heard of it, but very little. Yeah, it's this um, story of this, I don't want to give too much away, but this guy, he's kind of like homeless or whatever, you kind of find out, and he uh, he's waiting for his, uh, well, not waiting, but he finds out that the person who murdered his parents gets released from prison. So he wants to like take vengeance, and you know the story kind of goes from there. Ooh, that sounds fun. Um, yeah, it's definitely good. Um, I like heard about it kind of randomly, and then I, you know, I looked into it because I was looking for something to watch, something new on Netflix, and uh, yeah, it kind of blew me away. Like it was, it was really good. So uh, that's Sean's number one movie of the year. So I thought you were going to say blue is the warmest color. <laughs> no, he. It's funny that you said that because he had that on his list. Uh, was it last year or the year before? Yeah, whenever it came out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so thank you, Sean, for your top five. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. We're all grateful for you. All right. So since Alex, number two, you're our guest, our newest guest here, we're going to have you uh, start off the top ten, and you're just going to go down, list through them. You don't have to go too quick. You can just kind of name it, what number it's at, and talk a little bit about it, why you picked it, why you liked it kind of thing. Okay. Um, going into this, uh, I want to just make it clear, I saw a bunch of movies this year, but a majority of them 
were terrible because Sounds I, about right. yeah, yeah, I, I choose uh, my movies based on my friends and what they want to see, um, and uh, and there's a lot of stuff that's currently out in theaters even that I really want to check out that I've been hearing a lot about but I haven't had a chance yet. Um, so yeah, just going down, uh, I have um, Interstellar is my number ten. <laughs> okay. Um, Interesting. Most, it, it's it, it, Alex. I talked to him about this when I saw it. I I liked it. I have a lot of respect for the movie. Um, visually, it was incredible, and there's a lot of great ideas for it no in, in it. Um, I thought it um, kind of held your hand a little too much, and uh, I expected more from Nolan. And it's uh, every single one of his movies I'll like go back to. Um, but this one I don't really see too much need outside of it being in theaters. Yeah, I I am I will say that if you did not see this movie in the theaters, I don't even think it's worth going to see. Well, yeah. eh, I don't know if I'd say that. I don't know, man. It's not gravity. It's, it's it's not the same. I mean, some of those set pieces in space were some of the most remarkable scenes I've ever seen in a film. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm where I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Nolan and uh you know, I look forward to all of his movies and uh I'm sure you'll that you'll hear both Alex and I uh, comment upon Interstellar on our list as well. I'm pretty sure that we'll reflect that. So, yep. Okay. Um, next, I have John Wick. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that's one <laughs> film I didn't get to see Maybe this again. year, but I really wanted to. It, it's it's pure just kind of actiony goodness from uh, Keanu, and and it, it's got a bunch of people in it that you kind of go in, kind of with history with all of them it kind of like it's it's a movie that kind of takes its doesn't really give too much for character development it kind of works that way with the whole show don't tell kind of stuff right um and then continuing the action uh raid two just for pure pure epicness yeah those those are two films that i didn't see that i hear people just absolutely raving about them and not that i don't want to see them i just didn't get a chance to forgot about mm-hmm. and I didn't even know that one came out this year. Um, but yeah, like I've heard nothing but just fantastic things. Like I, I hear that's, it's I, some of the best like choreography or fight mechanics, like ever existing in a film. I don't <laughs> think I've even heard of raid to raid two. Oh really? Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Who? The just, there's like a trailer. It's, it's like a Asianism film. Yeah. Um, okay. Go check out the trailer for it when you get the chance. It's just the trailer alone. You're like, it just pumps you up. It's yeah. redi- it's ridiculous. So is this this is an American made film or is this like a Hong Kong cinema, Japanese cinema? Yeah, I think it's it's Asian. I, yeah. it's made. I don't. It's not made in America, and okay. I think it is dubbed or well yeah. subtitled, whatever you want. To, yeah, right. yeah, dubbed is fun. Um, hmm? dubbed is dubbed could be really fun. <clears throat> I, I I saw the subtitles so. Um, but yeah, um, then, uh, Wind Rises. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, technically the movie did come out in 2013, but the English dubbed dubbed version did come out in 2014, so I'll allow it, because I didn't see it until this year, too. I actually bought the Blu-ray. Um, so, you're... I saw it in theaters, (laughs) so... Oh, well, either way. That's fine. Yeah, I wasn't too sold on it when I first saw it, and then, and then, uh, second time through, I... I respect it. I think it's it's a fantastic kind of not really used to what I'm used to in America, right? Um, kind of 
Alright, and then and then the rest of these get a little more fun. Um then I got Big Hero Six. Oh uh, yeah, that's another one I didn't get to see this year. I didn't year. get to see that one either. Yeah. Oh my god. This this was my most hyped up movie for me this year, just because I'm a big comic book person and right. I'm a big uh I love Disney and I love Marvel right, and right. I own I own the Big Hero Six comics and these are way better than the co- uh, the movie was way better than the comics wow. and it, it dealt with some really adult kind of ideas in a and it took its time with it. Um the the entire movie basically is just about dealing with death and it's it's wow. it's and it's really funny and heartwarming and I loved it. Um then I have uh in no more order um <laughs> Dawn of the, uh, the Planet of the Apes was oh, a, another one. It's a solid choice. Uh, yeah. I respect this because unlike like Godzilla and Turtles and Transformers and all these other movies that have title characters that are CG, this one actually took the risk to make it the main character. Yeah. And I got to respect that. Uh, and and it, it did it so well. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the um, first movie ever to like have a primate like main protagonist and like... You know, we've never seen that side of a story before. Like it, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. They did a really awesome job with it. And like that movie, there's not a, a lick of dialogue for like the, what the first twenty minutes, twenty five minutes or something. It's all like yeah. the hand signals and like the subtitles of the monkeys signing yeah, each just, other, which oh, is just watching that. them interact. And yeah. and it's all like facial expression and right. what they do. And to get that from a from a something that's not even there is incredible. That they took that risk and it paid off. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree in that. I mean, I liked the first one a lot, and this one just, it did everything so much better than the first one did, the rise of mm-hmm. the Penelope. So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that movie as well. That's on my yeah. watch list. I, uh, I loved def- Rise, and um, I, I, really wa- I really thought that the trailer for this one looked great. But, 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 but how you're describing it, whether it's just showing, not telling, that says a lot about where that movie's headed for me. Yeah. Like, I'm going to yeah. really enjoy that. Like, I loved Rise, and I really didn't think Dawn was going to, like keep my expectations and and it really it it handled itself amazingly. Yeah, they took it in a different in a different like a different route, like a different way mm-hmm. and like they it it definitely paid off and um I am uh, really looking forward to see how they progress with this franchise now. Right. Are, are, I mean, I, I I'm guessing they are. Do, they, do you know if they have anything? Supposedly they are making a new one. They're not sure if they're going to, cause it was like speculation after this one came out and like how it did so well. And it was so good that like, clearly they're going to make more. And mm-hmm. I guess they said something around the lines of, uh, they weren't sure when, whether they want to continue this like pre, uh, m- like ape civilization, like you saw in like the classic Planet oh, of the Apes, yeah. or if they want to show more of the development leading up to that. Mm-hmm. or after that or whatever you know what i mean so i think they're still debating that i i, I mean we kind of know like where it goes and we've seen a remake of playing the, the regular play of the apes that didn't do that wasn't so hot so like i do like the this whole you know how it came to be kind of stuff because it, it you know it's something we haven't seen before it's just something we've heard about mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure when the originals were released they had at le- they at least had three or f- maybe f- possibly four and their budget kept decreasing over time and it did actually kept doing well. So I imagine now they're either going to, you know, jump forward and go for it or just keep going with what they've got story wise. 
it's probably better to just keep going with what they got. Yeah. And it's making money, so I'm sure, sure the studio loves it. Yeah. All right. Uh, my final three. Um, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Very nice. Because I'm a big comic book person, and that movie was just... I have a rule where anytime I see a movie multiple times in theaters, I have to give it credit. I have a feeling and, what, what your one of your next ones will be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, hands down. Huh. Um I don't know which one I'm going to put one or two. Um, I'm going to go with Lego Movie as number two. All right. Because awesome. uh, uh, that movie, when it came out, I rated, I went crazy on Facebook and online about how mind-blowing like the movie's ending was for me. Yeah. And how, how it really just went leaps beyond anything I thought it would do. And I think everyone that's seen it can agree with me on that. 100%. Um, yes. It's... That that movie is incredible and it's funny yes. and there's and it's it's such a shame it got snubbed. Yeah, um, no, that's that's, well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then and then of course my last one is Guardians of the Galaxy, very which good. Yeah. I I have seen I saw it like three four times in theaters wow. and I don't know how many times I've seen it since I bought it. So no, and yeah, I want to see that again. I, I feel yeah. like once isn't enough. No, it's it's a beautiful movie, and the soundtrack's amazing, oh, it's, and it's funny, yeah. and it's just so much to love. Yeah, totally re- rewatchable. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, definitely rewatchable. Yeah, I, I've seen it, I think, three times now, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, you're definitely going to hear me, and I'm not sure about Alex 1, but you'll definitely be hearing me reflect your love for Guardians and your love for the Lego movie as well when I go through my list, so. Yeah, right. th- those are pretty uniform for everyone, I feel. All right. All well, right. very good. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a <laughs> solid top ten, dude, definitely. Like, there's a couple there that that were not on my list, and I'm glad that they made someone else's list because, like, I just couldn't fit, like, certain ones in there. Like, I will say, mm-hmm. like, Cap- Captain America, like, I when that came out, I loved it. I was like, oh, man, when I'm doing my top ten, this is definitely going to make it. And then you know, these other films just slowly kept pushing it out and it's not that I don't like it. You know, I just, it was like an honorable mention for me and I loved it. It's, you know, probably maybe like 13 on my list. It's just, I I couldn't fit it, but it was so good though. I, I only said nine there. I just realized I missed one. Oh dear. Um, Yeah. The secret one. Yeah. I only saw this last week. Um, the imitation game. Oh, Oh, okay. Cool. That I, uh, I went in, you know, I was exp- excited from it for the uh, trailer, and um, and me and my brother went and saw it, and and it it tore me up in ways that some movies have never done before. There were, there were some really interesting points of tension that were just incredible. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I agree too. Like, I I actually just watched that last week, and. Um, I didn't really know too much about it. I knew like I'm a, I'm a fan yeah. of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, and uh, I, you know I don't really know much about Alan Turing. Like I didn't know much about the story and all. And and then the way that they made the trailer look, I was just like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like this. And then like the movie is way different than what I it thought it was gonna be like from mm-hmm. seeing like trailers and from what I understood about it. And uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. It's definitely oh, yeah. a good movie. That's like the next movie I'm gonna see. That's yeah. on the at the Def- top of my list to go to go see. Definitely recommend. All right. Well, very good. Very good. Thanks, man. That was a good no top problem. 10. Yeah, yeah man. Good solid. stuff. All right. 
Alex One, are you ready? I am ready. Top ten. All right. So I always, I typically, I always start with my rejects. Mm-hmm. Um. So twelve, we've got Foxcatcher. Okay. <clears throat> Foxcatcher, and eleven is The Wind Rises. Honorable mentions because both movies, I really, I thought that. They're very polar opposite movies. One's in animation, yeah, one's much. real life, and and one's a bummer, messed one's up, a, one's bummer, positive, and the other yeah. one's all about being flighty and literal, literal flight and its history. And yeah, uh, either way, they made the top twelve. They're in the top twelve. I usually have a top 15 or a top 12. So this is a top 12 this year. Okay. We have Foxcatcher. <laughs> it's important to note that. It's very important to know that. If you don't know that, then it's not really not worth listening to the top 10 because it's really not a top 10. It's about a top 12. Right. Alex gets an extra two because he's the man. Okay. Yeah. So Foxcatcher, Wind Rises, they're up there. Now, number 10, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Ugh, I'm just I'm rolling my eyes. I know, and Skype I know. Right you, and the only reason I left it at at, at number <laughs> ten is so that you would just get pissed. I hate you. That's, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> well, I put it this there. Is, can you I, had can every I re- Hobbit movie. You've had every Hobbit movie on your top ten now for three I years. I think I have. Did you Did you see the like super cut that they were showing online? I tried the yeah, four hour cut of yeah, everything. Yeah, I, I tried want to. downloading it, and it was off before I was able to get it. Ah. Uh, uh, I went I'm, to the 25th period, like they said, and it was linking to, well, I won't say where, but mm-hmm. someplace very free, and they caught on, and it's gone. That sucks. There's a two gigabyte file and a six gigabyte file floating around, if you know where to go. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, yeah, I'm sure people know where to go for that, but yeah. <clears throat> However, uh, the reason I did it did make my list legitimately is because it actually sp- sparked my love re-sparked my love for the you know jj's you know lord of the rings series as much as i you know i i repurchased the um lord of the rings trilogy on itunes and um one of the reasons i did i hadn't seen it in a while uh i just wanted to see the difference between the set design for the Lord of the Rings trilogy versus the set design for the Hobbit trilogy. And the big difference is you're, you're number one, like one, you're in a studio number two, like, or sorry, the, the, the original trilogy you're in the, you're in like fricking New Zealand. You're, you're looking at beautiful rolling landscapes. You're, you're on location, the new trilogy yeah. you're on set. It's awfully hard to sell especially if you saw the first Hobbit movie in 48 frames per second, then yep. it's really hard to sell. Yeah. I saw all three in the HFR. I didn't have the option this year to see it in HFR. Mm. There was IMAX 3d and regular. I, will, I chose yeah, I regular. That the, I will say that the, the, <clears throat> the high frame rate did get better as the films went on. So really? Yeah. Well, I heard, I mean, I yeah, heard the if second you're into time. that sort of thing, I mean, like I kind of, I dug it. So, I mean, well, it's heard, different, and it's cool that it's just, it's not like a thing I would, I don't, I don't think it's for every movie, I don't think it right. would work for the majority of movies, but it was cool to see, and it's a it's a new thing, and I, you know, I like to see kind of like updates and technology and stuff. Well, know? we can go on about HFR yeah, no, for like yeah, yeah. hours, <laughs> but 
I, I will say that, yes, in the second movie, they did improve it by using softer fo- uh, filters on their lenses. Yeah. I don't know to what extent, but what it did is it helped sell the set. It helped sell the um, costumes because the costumes just look, you know, it's like hyper-realistic stage yeah. play um, in film format. So um, let's get away from The Hobbit. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> I'm just going to jump right down the river in a barrel to number nine, uh, the Lego movie. Do you have a transition like that to every movie? I might. You better. Well, if you don't, you're going to make them. I'm requiring well, okay. you to do that now. Okay, I'll make them. I got, I got you. <laughs> number nine, the Lego movie. So Awesome. Everything is awesome. What are you talking about? Don't just yeah. say awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything. Everything is awesome. And that's why I like the Lego movie. Not because of the heartwarming, you know, the heart, the touching moments and the, you know, the, the surprises and I don't want to spoil it, but the freaking there's, there's movie. There's fucking surprises. There are fucking surprises. And the, the movie looks, <laughs> yeah, there definitely are. Yeah. The movie looked beautiful. Oh, number it really one. did. I don't know if it was all CG. I, I'll, t- I'll explain this in a minute. I, don't, I couldn't tell if it was all CG, and I couldn't tell if they moved everything by hand. But I know it was CG, and it looked exactly like... It, it really did. It re- looked so good. It looked so... Like, down to, like, the little scratches yeah. and, yeah. like, plastic seams. Mm-hmm. Insane. Insane detail. That Insane. is exciting to me. And I always... St- when, I'm, when I'm talking about a CG movie, it's usually about the, the way it looks... And the visuals and the special right. effects and all that, um, <clears throat> and I toss out the story and go whatever. But uh, it did have a pretty freaking awesome story. It really to go did. along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, not so awesome. Number eight, however, tension-wise, awesome. Gone Girl. Ooh. Uh, Gone Girl, directed by David Fincher, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck, Roseman Pike, Neil Patrick Harris. What can I say? If you didn't read the book, um, uh, I would probably say you might want to read the book first, because it's a pretty easy read. My girlfriend read the book, and she said that you know, it just it, you just just keep reading it because it's a book and it goes in and. It's gone and it's there and I'm just ranting now. Uh, Gone Girl kept me at the edge of my seat the entire movie. And I really can't say too much because of the nature of the film. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's um, there is like a big plot change like yeah, pretty you, decently uh, early in. Yeah. So there's this if you want to the best thing you could do is watch the trailer, read yeah. the back of of the novel and leave it at that. This this one I can't give you like oh pretty visuals I mean it's David Fincher he has his you know yeah. dark ominous yes greeny bluey uh, color palette that he likes one to of use. my co- favorite color palettes of yeah, any director yeah. see it's like looking at the looking through the lens of an ocean yeah yeah um, there's a little bit of red and maybe a little bit of white and black yeah. but it's mostly greeny blue Gone Girl yeah. loved it uh, good choice. Oh, God, these these fucking transitions, dude. <laughs> I'm uh, so glad that I suggested this. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of um, disappearing and reappearing, <laughs> number seven. <laughs> that's, 
I don't even know what you're going to say. That, yeah. that was stupid. <laughs> Number seven, The Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah. Really? See? See? Yeah. Okay. To- what? Really as in the, the, uh, the, the, the choice of movie or really as in the transition? Uh, no, uh, uh, both. Go. Continue. Okay, both. <laughs> both. Good. Good. Even I mean, better. Uh, I loved The Edge of Tomorrow. It was based on a Japanese novel. Um, also a manga, right? Sure. Yes, it was based on a Probably. manga. I think there's also a novel. Um, Edge of Tomorrow was, I thought, brilliantly adapted. Um, pretty much, you, you, I'm not. I'm just going to go ahead and say the pretty much what happens. You, you, you this right. dude. Yeah, they Tom they give Cruise, it away in the trailer. So yeah, they give it away in the trailer. Whatever. Tom Cruise wakes up after being pretty much murdered every single day. Until he has, until he solves this problem, um, which you know aliens are attacking, so they have to figure out how to defeat the aliens. But they do it in such a freaking good way. They don't just—it's not gim. I don't. I don't see it as being gimmicky. I think they really eased you into the the concept because it is such a conceptual idea. Like yeah, original- if there only wasn't a movie that came out like three or four years ago called source code <laughs> mm. with the basically similar premise but but, but that's I didn't, I didn't even see edge of tomorrow so i can't hate on it you didn't, I didn't see edge of tomorrow it. no oh. i didn't that's the one movie that's another movie i didn't i didn't get on my list it's such a fun see this year it's I, such I hear, I hear it is fun yeah yeah it's fun it's it's like um uh guardians guardians fun or Snowpiercer fun like yeah. it's just something you can just enjoy i um, there there's a review for it and it was talking about how there's so much like dislike for Tom Cruise these days that yeah. watching him die repeatedly oh, no. just adds <laughs> to the enjoyment of that the movie. That's horrible. That's really brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> like perfect casting for that. Well, let me, let me speaking of perfect casting, uh, number six is Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Transitions. Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I love it. Write them, Better folks. Than last one. I love it. I love it. Uh, James Gunn, the director, Chris Pratt, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Batista, Zoe. I mean, man, what a perfect cast. And that's why I love Guardians of the Galaxy. You pretty much said it before, dude. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm going to echo everything you guys are going to say yeah, about uh, it. The cast, too, yeah. cast was great. The music was fantastic. I never Definitely. thought I would listen to to that to those oh, specific yeah. tracks ever on by like on their own. But I yeah. have the album. They they yeah. gave it away for free on Google Play, yep, and now I, I actually that. have it in in my like shuffle. Yeah, and, part of those, uh, some of those songs are on my playlists when I drive now. It's crazy. Look at yeah, that. I know. I bought the vinyl, and I'm just like, oh, it, yeah, I feel vinyl. like it's such a '70s kind of like or '60s like era of like to have it on vinyl because those are like songs that were listened to on vinyls when they, they came out right. so they, it's like, they put you know. out a legit mixtape of it too i yeah, want that i heard about that that's really cool yeah they did such a good job pairing the the those specific tracks i mean it yeah the way they they told the story too just yeah james gunn definitely oh has God. knack for like offbeat comedy that's not awkward or in your face and it comes so naturally to him i don't know if you've ever seen any of his other films um like super for example i've seen um, super yeah which is yeah. really good and like i, I think underappreciated and i'm glad that like i think i was talking to i mean talking to somebody reading something about it that they said that it was because of super like someone saw it or whatever and that they suggested james gunn for 
Guardians of the Galaxy, and you could totally see why when you watch that. Mm-hmm. Right. No, very very excited for Guardians too, just because. Oh yeah. Like, I know. It's so hyped for now. The only Guardians of the Galaxy um, that. Oh my god. I'm pretty sure that we would need some Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, if we were going to watch my number, f- uh, what's it, number five film, Under the Skin. Ooh, good mm. choice, man. I've been Under... hearing so much about this movie. I definitely did not think this would make your make your list. I'm really I'm impressed, actually. I gotta say, this was a pretty decent year for sci-fi. Oh, absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Without a doubt. Guardians of the Galaxy, it's more fantasy than sci-fi, but uh, there's some sci-fi elements there. Uh, Under the Skin was like watching a classic Ray. It's like, I love Ray Bradbury and he had some of the best like short stories, like sci-fi short stories. And I thought under the skin, under the skin was based on a short story. Right. And it just had that feeling like that classic pulp science fiction pulp feel to it. Yeah. To me, it had such an, such an like uh mysterious and, Mm -hmm. But yet frightening undertone and like overtone, kind of like layered. Just oh, dude, that's the scenes where she. I don't want to give anything away. It's not really giving away, but the stuff that she brings them into the liquid. I've never right. like I oh, was freaked it was gorgeous. out. So it was shot beautifully. Oh, shot beautifully. They, shot absolutely beautifully. Now this might be pushing it a little bit, but the trailers even say like this. Like I forgot uh, who directed this. This is a uh, Jonathan Glazer. Sure, yeah. Glazer. He, yeah. he was compared to Kubrick. Yeah, now, that intrigues it me. It's definitely got some Kubrick vibe to it. Absolutely does, and um, especially two thousand one, you could definitely tell the sure. uh, the influence there. Yeah. Now the interesting thing about this movie is the way it was filmed, and that I have to give him another nod to because yeah. he he actually had Scarlett Johansson yep. uh, uh, do some. Uh, let's just put it this way: some uh, candid interactions. Uh, to in order to advance and, the storyline in the film, yeah. and it was to like, try and get like be an escort, yeah. Pretty and, and, much, like, you could tell the the footage when that happens in the film, right? Yeah, it's very it has a very genuine feel, and that was such a good, uh, dangerous but <laughs> um, good way of conveying right. the idea. Yeah, and I think that Scarlett, like um. A huge Scarlett fan. Not to mention fan. Kyle. I, got, I, I bet yeah. I know why you like this movie. Well, yeah. I mean, I like <laughs> <coughs> nudge nudge. I like. Uh, I'm a big fan of Scarlett Johansson, yeah. and um, but like, I think she was kind of perfectly cast in this because like it's almost a, uh, you know, it's 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 basically like also like a metaphor for you know objectifying women and like kind of like mirrors her image in you know society, you know how she's kind of like oogle like people. Oogler, oogler. What, what, what am I trying to make up? We'll go with oogle. Oogler. That's yes. that's almost you know, as good as my transitions. Um, yeah, good word, and yeah. Um, you know she. It, it's just funny that like the, the play that she does this role where it kind of like reflects how her real life almost. You know what I mean? Right. Her really real life of uh, you know doing like stardom she... and people you know just kind of seeing her as a sex symbol, like a sex mm-hmm. object rather than like an actual, you know, person or what's underneath kind of right. really, really awesome. Right. If I had one thing to say about <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. 
unlike any other actress, has a theory of everything. <laughs> oh my god. That I would love to share with you as my number four. The theory of everything. Wow. I, that might have been your worst transition yet. Yeah, that Thank was, you. That was stretching it. That was Thank stretching you. it. I like it. I like Thank it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, the wonderful James Marsh directing with Eddie Remain and Felicity Jones at the helm. Uh, theory of everything. I, I, um, again, my list is peppered with, uh, science fiction and science faction Ooh, movies. there you go. Uh, God, why didn't I use that one? That would have been, wait, let's rewind. Speaking of science fiction movies... I have a science faction movie for number four, The Too Theory late, of Everything. How's that? Is that better? Too late. Too late. All right. We'll keep the first one. Um, keep both. I, I, um, I love Stephen Hawking. Um, I've read the Briefer History of Time, some of uh, his latest... Uh, shit, I forget the name of it. Uh, his other book. <laughs> Stephen's other book. And um, Kitty Ferguson, I used to live in Jersey, and Kitty Ferguson is an what? author from New Jersey in Morristown who wrote a book about Stephen Hawking and was uh, was someone who knew my grandmother. So my grandmother used to ta- tell me when I was younger about Kitty Ferguson's interactions with Stephen Hawking. Weird, weird. Um. So I I just have like an interest in Stephen Hawking and the way they told his story um, about a year ago, they had a PBS special. Maybe it was less than a year ago. Yeah. I think I remember that. Right. Stephen Hawking. I think it was just called Hawking or whatever, but Stephen Hawking narrated pretty much the whole thing. And it told a lot about his life. And um, it was, you know, it was a biography, biography, like a autobiography piece, if you will. Um, uh, the only thing I didn't really enjoy too much about the movie was his love interests. However, that actually does play a huge role in his life. Yeah. And the way they, they conveyed it in the film was pretty much accurate. And um, it, it would have to be pretty difficult for someone in his situation who was only supposed to, you know, this is fact, people. I'm not ruining right, the movie. Right. Supposed to live for two years ends up living living he's now 72 almost 73 years old yeah and like insane insane so it really is like a really inspiring like talk about an inspiring tale yeah or, you know he, like his, life of someone's life like against all odds becomes one of the the greatest minds in like history he's one know? of the most important people of our time <laughs> time and um we we are lucky to have him here you know and mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I, I I loved it as a character piece. I think Eddie Remain, uh, Redmayne, yeah, almost deserves. And he he won the Golden Globe for Best Actor. Yeah. I really do think he deserves the Oscar. Yeah, um, I was reading something <clears> how <throat> the way he's sat like with the it's it's perfect crooked crooked you know like his angle with like i guess he he would do that off off screen mm-hmm. like just to like practice it and stuff and i guess that uh doctor came in or whatever at one point and real and like told him that his spine is actually like crooked right because of that like he his he actually changed like his bone structure from doing it for so long 
Are you it's saying, crazy. Well, hold on. Are you saying Eddie Eddie did or did? yes? Oh, wow. For for acting like that for so long, like Jeez. standing in that stance, he actually like almost like scoliosis, kind of like his his right. the the uh, you know the lining of his like spine was like crooked or whatever. Sure, yeah. crazy, amazing. Talk about like talk about uh you know. <laughs> Like uh, method acting. I've watched, I, I've like, I'll go on YouTube and I've watched a lot of like his, like he'll come on and talk about uh, hawking radiation to a bunch of people, like a bunch of students or PhDs. And um, his, his, his little facial expressions. And now, now he can only move his cheek because he's, you know, he's 72, 73 years old. Yeah. Um, but over time, as you see, he can he he lost his the use of his hands. He he lost the use of his um, ability to breathe on his own, um, among other things. And now he's just he has this one little piece on his cheek that he's able to manipulate a um, a sensor and right. control everything on his computer. That's <laughs> crazy. And like once so... once he loses that, that's it. You know what I yeah. mean? He's really it's gonna it's gonna be difficult. I have to find another way. Mm-hmm. Intel had developed the initial way um, of his uh, clicker, and it was an American voice, yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, the only thing, so I'm going to move on. Are <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, you? Yeah. No, not without a good transition. No, you're not. Mm-mm. Quit stalling. Quit stalling. Uh, the only thing better. Than being in a wheelchair. What is uh, being I mean, anything? <laughs> is being it's awful, but in a Grand Budapest hotel. I, I feel like there's three. a lot of things better. Okay. Anyway, yeah, you, I'm pretty sure you could put any other movie there too. It would have worked. <laughs> now my number three is Grand Budapest Hotel. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson was doing, a, you know, his Wes Anderson thing, and Bill Murray was doing his Bill Murray thing, and, uh, you know, Ralph Fiennes, well... Ray Fiennes, yeah. Ralph. It's Ray, yeah. They, it, it looks like Ralph, but it's actually pronounced Ray Fiennes. Sort R-A-L-P-H. Of yep. Ray Fiennes. Well, that's fucking stupid. I know. <laughs> it looks like Ralph Fiennes, and it's Ray Fiennes. I'm baffled. Continue, sorry. (laughs) He's fucking Voldemort. Let's go with that. So it's Voldemort (laughs) uh, with this little kid, Harry Potter, and they have this hotel, and it was a wonderful movie. Yeah. It's It's definitely uh, Wes Anderson being the, like, going full Wes Anderson. I don't think he could go full Wes Anderson. I mean, what? I guess. This is the most full Anderson (laughs) he's ever gone. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Going boldly where no Wes Anderson's gone before. Into Wes Anderson, he land. went as far as going four by three. Yeah, I, yeah, I, that's one thing I I did really think was pretty cool the uh, the different changes in uh, time period reflecting the uh, the aspect ratio of the screen. Right. Really cool, especially in the theater when I saw it. Really uh, drove that home more than um, when I watched it on the Blu-ray. Uh, you watched still, it on the know, on the Blu-ray on the Blu-ray. Jesus, effective nonetheless. But right. Know. Yeah, um, you know there was a lot of a lot of parts in the movie where you know the boy, the bell boy, the bell boy, the bellhop, the bell boy mm-hmm. uh, would um, lobby boy, lobby boy. I think, I yeah. think it was lobby boy. He would be like flying around, 
but he wasn't flying around as good as Birdman at number two. Oh, I didn't know if you were still talking about the movie. If you're doing a transition, uh, I, I was betting on the transition. I'm trying <laughs> to get the transition before he like completes it to like figure out like what is well, this? You only got one more. You only got one more. Oh god! Don't finish this next one, and, and I'll, I'll I'll guess. Oh, I already know what your number one. Yeah, I already know what it is too. Never mind. <laughs> Let's leave it to the imagination yeah, for the so audience. So continue. Michael Keaton was the man in this movie, and I don't. I couldn't even. T- I'd have to IMDb. <laughs> Oh, he was the birth man. I could. I'd have to IMDb his late, his like the movie prior to this because I still don't know what he was in prior to this movie. Which I think was, the last thing I remember him in, if like as like a main mm-hmm. role, was like that white noise movie that came out. Like, oh, oh my god, two, I remember mid that two, movie. Mid two thousands or whatever. That's yeah. right. That was, and that was at least eight years ago. I'd say. Wow. Well, anyway. Oh, you know what else he was in? What. He was in Batman. Oh. <laughs> wow. He was in Birdman and Batman. Yeah, blow, yeah. blows your mind, right? Uh. Well, I, uh, it was interesting that I couldn't remember because it's, it was so perfect because it was almost, you know, mirroring his experience, his own experiences as an actor. Yep, absolutely. Not only that, let me... I'm not going to go too long, much longer, but uh, his... The movie itself... I loved it just because of the way it was shot. Obviously, it was a technical specter spectacle, and no um, doubt, I counted forty-six transitions within the film, and a f- total of fifty if you count the beginning and end of the film. So when they and almost like seamless, really, the way they seamless, made it obvious, it, yeah, right. It's like a the whole movie is set up to be like a stage play, like yeah. a oneer. And um, it was interesting. It was really fun for me to sit there and just try and count all the times where they would come in and out of a scene. Yeah. Logistically speaking. Right. Um, because, you know, he's not going to be out on the streets and then all of a sudden in another location inside. <laughs> they definitely made it like they did a really good job of that. And I know that some of the scenes definitely required them to be at the right place at the right time and timing and everything. That's very, very clear. Right. But then. The difference between that and when they when it actually is a cut is is kind of extraordinary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some some cuts were as simple as um, a, a background actor walking in the foreground, right, right? And having this, I forget which actress it was, but she was walking straight into the camera. An actor moved past the camera in the foreground, and her hair—you could just see her hair slightly change. Yeah, and that was oh. the transition. And that was beautiful. It was beautifully done. Um, I was looking yeah. for all that stuff. Really, so you yeah. would never notice, I, but it was beautiful. Um, I yeah. I did IMDb him if you want. Yes. What uh, is it? His his last movie before Birdman was Need for Speed. What? Oh God. Doing and, what? Uh, he was the Monarch. I I haven't seen that movie because even I that was either. not crappy enough for me. Oh, uh, but this one I did see. Uh, before that was the RoboCop remake. Oh, oh that's yeah, that's right. right. I forgot he was in that. That's right. But again, he wasn't really. He's kind of like a side character for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, nothing. It's like a leading roles. Yeah. He yeah. Not not much recently. That's oh, um, there was a no no. There's some sort of Noah thing in 2012, but huh. I don't know what it is. You don't know a? Yeah, he doesn't know a. Well, I know a. It looks like it's like an animation. Is. I don't know. Okay, continue. Yeah, you missed it. I'm not gonna say it again. You you yeah. you at home have heard that 
We already know uh, what your number one well, film is. Well, my number. Noah, right? Noah, <laughs> starring Christopher, uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. Russell Crowe. If, if you legitimately ever chose Crunk, that movie as your number one, I'd You'd hang up quit. on me? I'd quit. Yeah, I'd quit right now. Yeah. Well, my number one is Interstellar. Good. Christopher Nolan, the man. Okay, so let's talk about Kubrick for a minute. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was such an homage to Kubrick's 2001. Oh, yeah. Clearly, if I've ever yeah. seen Totally. And he did it beautifully. It was so beautifully done. Um, I didn't, like, a lot of people had problems with the sound design. I didn't really pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, I and heard I'm about a that. I, I don't, yeah, I didn't have any of those problems when I saw it either. I it think was people, loud, but it wasn't. It wasn't distorting. No, I think people are being really picky with that. Yeah, it um, might be the theater too. Like some theaters just don't know how to run a movie. Honestly, like you're right. it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's plain yeah. and simple. They're like they oh, hire it's these automatic. kids to set it up, and then it's automatic, and nobody cares. So yeah, you don't have but, anybody up there working that shit. Yeah, it's out of focus. It's out of focus. You have to go tell somebody. Uh, the I, machine, mo- the machine screwed up again. You got to put it on a, into focus. All right, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got yeah. to run up. I I agree that it's. It's the 2001 of our time, it is. in a way. But but I also, like, some of the big things about 2001, you kind of get the exact opposite with this movie. And that's that's kind of like... But... It, I mean, that's reflective of the times. But. Exactly. And it's not yeah. a recreation. Oh, it's yeah. It's an homage. And oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. This keep, is like... To this keep, is like... Um, like a, this is a... A mainstream 2001. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. the only way you're going to survive Hollywood is by creating a love story. Right. Yeah. Creating a, as, you know, as a spectacle. As awkward as it may be. Exactly. And explaining everything. Explaining everything because, well, you know yeah. what? That might be down to um, uh, Christopher Nolan's, uh, he and his brother's writing style. Yeah. And just, just yeah. being smart in terms of needing to explain because they did work with a, a really well-known physicist on the movie they, they, to they get like, the science down and they, they like got, to they show really that they did, did their homework job. yeah they did a, uh, if you pick up the, the december issue of wired magazine there are some pretty interesting articles in there about um <clears throat> about the physicists that they worked with about the about the way they shot um what's the what's the dude what's the uh uh uh, the robot's name, Taurus, Tardis, yeah, Tars, Tars. Eighty uh, percent of Tars was shot practically. Yeah, that's that. That's that amazing. Blows my mind. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Um, I heard that they tried. I mean, they tried to shoot that entire movie like as much as they could. Absolutely. It was. I'm sure if it was up to Christopher Nolan, he would have went into freaking space and done it. But yeah, <laughs> pretty, well, pretty oh, much. Yeah, he would have actually went through a black hole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, at one point, before they had the physicist, they had two black holes, and he's like, "Well, no, not so much going to happen there." Um, and another interesting thing was Matthew McConaughey's method of of uh, meeting with the physicist to help him explain his his character and everything behind it. He had he rented out he um, was in a hotel room, had all of his notes spread across the room, had all the furniture removed. And um, except for one couch where they could sit and look at all the notes and they went from note to note to note and until he was done being Matthew McConaughey, you know, 
Yeah. Um, just just everything that went into the movie was really cool. Uh, but other than that, I it was my number one movie. Yeah. 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 I definitely agree. I, you know, just gonna echo pretty much everything that you kind of said there. It really is a uh, a marvel of a movie. It's um, and you know what? I I don't think I you know it, the movie definitely has problems. Like I'm not gonna sure. Deny that the movie's definitely got some issues, some some script problems, which is, um, as of late, typical of Nolan. But um, the the reason why I like movies like this is because the just the pure ambition that went into this movie. Like we we don't get movies like this anymore. Like we don't we get them from Nolan. Uh, um, yeah, like we don't get a space ex- exploration movie. Like if someone were to pitch that movie, no, you know, I mean, like no one would. You know, space that wouldn't sell. space it's, isn't as interesting anymore. Right. Uh, you know, our government cut back on NASA, like going to space, and yeah. they're trying to focus on us right now and improving our planet. But let's right. be honest, we need to escape our planet someday. Yeah, that that, that kind of is why Interstellar and Gravity and stuff are kind of really interesting that those are coming out now because uh, i mean interstellar has a whole thing about not going into space and it kind of is right. reflective of what we're going through now where there is this not really a passion for it to this yeah. 2014 was the hottest year on our uh, in on record yeah in a very long time maybe ever in the history of the earth not really at least but, we haven't had much snow yet exactly yeah. <laughs> For our time of recording weather, it is it was the it was the hottest, and you can see it start at the Industrial Revolution all the way up, and and 1985 was like 1984 or 85 was like one of the last lowest recorded temperatures before it spiked, and then it went to hell. So that movie does say a lot about which direction our planet is heading in. Yeah, you can't help but just you know, applaud and, and, and respect that, that, you know, there, there are, that there, I can rest easy knowing that there are still people out there as many terrible movies as I see every year and how much crap that they put out there. And that actually does well, for some reason, people like that movies like this can still be made. They're art. He's making artful movies still. Yeah. Yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. Oh, hands down, hands down. All right. Well, well, I don't have any more transitions left, so I guess it's your, your fricking turn. Yeah, Alex, one very good list. Very, very good. You're going to hear some of those uh, repeated on my list. So Thank you, sir. So, as usual, usual with my top ten list, um, I didn't see as many movies as I saw last year. That's a surprise. But I know that there are a lot of movies that I didn't see this year that I know that I wouldn't have put in my top ten anyway. Like, movies like... Um, uh, the Hunger Games movie and like these movies that like you know I, I probably would have seen I don't think I would have like fell in love with them by any means but um, like Dumb and Dumber or Dumb and Dumber Two uh, whatever it is you know like these movies that came out that I was like I kind of want to go see it but I don't really want to go to the theater to see it because I don't think I'm gonna like love it you know what I mean so yeah mm-hmm. and it, it's great that we have that option today right where yeah. it's like we can just be like eh, I'll skip that yeah I'll go see Interstellar and they're just gonna be out digitally like uh, you know a couple like yeah. not even that long or at the same time um, actually some of these movies I've seen today that I watched uh, iTunes right what you're saying they'll release it in theaters, but they'll also release it like on iTunes. We'll get oh, it yeah. exclusively I mean, even or they'll Voodoo. get like yeah, they'll get pre-order ones like on uh, like Voodoo and stuff too. Like you know, a lot of them, all the streaming services kind of 
kind of do that. So yeah, I mean, I didn't see as many as I said last year, but like I said, um, and I, even the movies that made my top 10, I, I don't think the list is as strong as it was last year. I think last year was a much better, uh, year for movies. Um, this was a good year for, as we said, like some sci-fi, um, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, this was a more fun year for movies, I will say, um, right. which is which is a nice change than the uh, the typical like drama, you know, trudging, trudgingly like uh, sad and emotional movies that we get, you know, towards the end of the year. And there still are those this year, but you know, not as uh, I don't feel like that they were, you know, like forced onto us this year with the exception of one movie which i'll talk about when we get to our disappointments <clears throat> aha we'll leave that for that one um yeah so i'm gonna just start off with a couple movies that just missed out on the top 10 um five of them here that i really would that were fighting for the the 10 spot basically um so inherent vice i love paul thomas anderson um there will be blood is one of my favorite movies and the Master, I, sh- I think, is one of the most impressive movies um, I've seen in as far as acting um, in any movie ever. I will chime in and say I agree with both of those. Yeah, There Will Be Blood is one of my favorite yes. movies yeah. of all time, and it, as as well as The Master for acting. I, yeah. I got to say, it's the same. Yeah, like I feel the same way. And you know, Magnolia and Boogie Nights. Like he's he, the dude knows how to make a good movie and he definitely does a spectacle um, and he shoots in such a unique style and you can tell when it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, except when it comes to inherent vice, this movie was shot so differently. It's so much more intimate and close up as opposed to his, you know, very wide, uh, you know, landscaping kind of shots that he does. And it's not that I didn't like this movie, but um, it just wasn't what I was expecting. And, I still, again, I think Joaquin Phoenix is one of, if not the finest, one of the finest actors that's working today. And the dude's been on point for the past four or five years. And again, he does it in this movie. And it's, it's a, it's about the closest movie I can kind of describe it, compare it to is the big Lebowski. There's like, really, you know, like a seventies vibe. This is a guy named doc. Everyone knows him. He's always smoking weed. Everyone knows him as the, as doc. He gets into a situation, wrong place at the wrong time, gets involved with some stuff. You don't really, the storyline's kind of convoluted, but in a purpose, like on purpose, that's like the way the script is written. So it all kind of follows that. But, you know, there's some great scenes in between. It just, it was, I couldn't fit it in. It just, I didn't fall in love with it. I definitely liked it, um, but I didn't, you know, fall in love with it. (laughs) Another movie that I um, mentioned earlier that didn't make it, Captain America Winter Soldier. Um I'm so glad to see a movie kind of tackle the um, espionage kind of angle as far as like a superhero movie. It wasn't just this typical, all right, well, here's the bad guy, here's the good guy, and they're going to fight. You know what I mean? It's it, it, it did a little bit more than that, and uh, they actually made Captain America look cool, <laughs> which the first film failed to do, I think, a little bit. Um, and another one, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Again, um, everything I said earlier loved it um just i couldn't fit on the top 10 and again under the skin um really oh, wow. really impressed with this movie and i wanted to put it on there but i don't think it's a film that i will 
be talking about or coming back to, um, <clears throat> you know, in a couple years or next year or whatever. Um, I don't think it's a film that's going to stay with me. And then a movie that was that just missed out that was fighting for the 10 spot and uh, was Nightcrawler, a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. And outside of, you know, even Joaquin Phoenix's performance and Michael Keaton's performance, this is the finest performance of the year. And he not only changed the way he talked, but just the way he looked like he has, his eyes are like open the whole time. Like it's Jake Gyllenhaal. If you look, Jake Gyllenhaal was possessed or something like he, he changed the way he talked. Um, it was an incredible performance really. And if you haven't seen the movie, it's a, it's, it's a cool movie. It does, excuse me, drag at times. And it does, there is like an under, not underlying, but a little bit too in your face, like uh, modern take on like how we consume news and why we're obsessed with, uh, you know, death or murder or whatever and stuff like that. Um, as far as like consuming media is concerned, but like, uh, you know, it's still, uh, it's still a great movie to watch purely to watch Jake Gyllenhaal in this. <clears throat> so getting down to the nitty gritty. All right. I think imitation game and nightcrawler there are at night, like top. I need to see these movies right now. Mm-hmm. List. Yeah. For so obvious my, reasons. My number 10. Let me take a sip of water here. Please do. I will fill all the silence while you sip your water <coughs> just with explaining what you're doing. Okay. Did well, I, do I did it already, I did it. so we're good. I did it. Executed wonderfully. Um, my yes. number 10 is uh, the master of editing, Mr. David Fincher's Gone Girl. Ooh. So I... When I when this movie came out, I was like, "This is a very strange choice for David Fincher." It's, I, I was like, "Oh, it's like a love story." He like kills his wife or something. I was like, "This is kind of like a, like a, I don't know. This is weird for him." You know I, I felt didn't the really same know. Way. I didn't, like, what I is didn't, he? Yeah, when I first saw yeah, the thing, I was like, "This doing? is like <laughs> Fincher dropped out of." Uh, I think what was it? he was supposed to do Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea? I, that movie's I don't even think that's doing anything anymore. But then he and then he did this, and I was like, "This is kind of strange." And probably a better choice. Yeah, probably. And, <laughs> and then it came, and then I saw it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it. Cause I hear, you know, a lot of people talking about it and I, and I really, really liked it. Um, yeah, the changes it takes, like I kind of, it wasn't surprising to me necessarily. Like, I knew there was like, I knew there was a thing, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't spoiled for me. I just could tell that the tone of the movie, the way it was going and, and knowing that, there's no way that this movie's just going to be straightforward. There's got to be a thing. Um, yeah. I didn't. I didn't expect a thing. I knew that. I felt. I, yeah. I, I knew there was a thing. No, there's definitely a thing. Not the thing yeah. that I thought. I thought was going to be the thing. <laughs> so, and but yeah, I mean, he the dude just has a way with, like, again, like we said, like the color palette, like making his giving his movies, yeah, his authentic and unique the- look. It's like mm-hmm. a look and feel. Yeah, and like he does it, and it's got like such a. They're always so macabre, if if I'm yeah. gonna use like and that term to describe what? his movies. And there was always like this, just they're they're gloomy. I failed I mean? to mention that Trent Reznor had oh, yeah. had a lot to do with that yeah. because his music is yes. very macabre. And he did, <coughs> excuse me. Again, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross doing the score for this movie, and I, you know, they ever since uh, Social Network, I'm like. You know, the, these guys keep pairing up, man. I'm going to keep coming to see these movies. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sold on them. Yeah. So that's my number ten. Tom Tom Tom, Tom Turtle. Tom Turtle. Tom, Tom Turtle. My number nine is a movie that I never thought that I would like be so surprised by and impressed by and uh, entertained by is Snowpiercer. Hmm. Yeah. And this movie kind of like we, it was came out over the summer and I rented it and watched it with a few of my friends. And we were like, I have not seen the host. I haven't seen any of his other movies and we were all just blown away by it. Like there are things in this movie that I've never seen before. And I'm just like, this is fantastic. And Chris Evans does a pretty good job. The cast around around is, is, is pretty good. And, um, you know, there is some silliness maybe towards the end, uh, but I think it's, um, it's not to be, uh, put against it. Like to, you know, to like take, take points away from the movie as it were. Um, because I think that everything leading up to that, the ride, no pun intended, is mm, uh, is really entertaining. One of the coolest sequences, fight sequences I've ever seen um, oh, in that train. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, just really impressed. So if you haven't seen Snowpiercer, it's on Netflix Instant. There's no reason not to watch it. Go watch it. Uh, Imger, like, there's like, on one of like the hotter thing, you know, one of the new top posts they have a whole list of movies that just recently came out and like links to them and snowpiercer is one of them so you can find it online outside of netflix too right now oh okay which which is pretty great yeah there's no reason to not watch it yeah that's the point i'm trying to make (laughs) so number eight um again another really really fun movie um guardians of the galaxy and damn right you know days since i saw it fell in love with it i'm like yeah this movie this is this is the bee's knees this is the way that marvel needs to make their movies and for them to just bring in you know an uh, a director who's not done a large scale high budget movie with a bunch of actors that you know one of them was a wrestler david Bautista is a wrestler and like you'll know, get these people outside of zoe saldana who's been in some sci-fi stuff maybe avatar if you've ever heard of it and sh- mm. they they bring all these people in excuse me, bring all these people in and um, create this just masterpiece of a, of an entertaining comic book hero, superhero movie. And uh, you know, it's really funny. Um, It's got some really awesome sequences. Um, You know, the prison escape stuff always is a good time um, unless it's uh, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger doing it. And, uh, the again the soundtrack just the coolest thing that i keep listening to all year <laughs> yeah so <laughs> darn right my number 7 is uh oh man this movie really is really good and i and i i i would put it higher but i don't i feel like i should have put it higher now cuz i really do like it and it, it's something that stuck with me and i didn't sleep very well after the night i saw it and it's called the baba duck Oh my god, and dude. This what movie a movie is incredible. Like for a horror movie to make my top 10, it's got to be damn good because horror movies, let's face it, suck nowadays. And it's not even like a horror movie as much as it is like a it's it's I mean this movie basically works as a as a as a metaphor for um like loss and grieving. Right. And um, it 
with the budget it did, it was it was made. It was a short film from like 2005 that this Jennifer Kent girl did, and um, I watched that, and it's that's that's really cool. It's a short film. If you're looking for it, look it up. And I think it's called Monster. It's just called Monster by Jennifer Kent. You can look at it uh, on YouTube. And then they made it a Kickstarter, and it raised thirty thousand dollars. And they made this movie for thirty thousand dollars, and that blows my mind what? because this movie has some fantastic. Like it's not you know the it's not going to win Academy Award for you know special effects, but the way that they used it, it was so much creepier than if they had made it look like you know realistic or something like it. Oh, man, the way that the movie like the tone of this movie just has like a uh, unsettling feel to it and vibe yeah and just cool and i oh man i loved it and i can't wait to watch it again and i uh if you haven't seen this movie and you're looking for a good horror movie look no further than the babadook because if it's in a look or it's in a book you can't get rid of it it's like a case of herpes i gotta say no nothing about herpes but uh (laughs) yeah what are you gonna say you got herpes is that we're gonna say no um that my my kind of my my favorite kind of horror movie is something that that plays on the psychological aspect yes. of the story um and you know give me a rosemary's baby give me the shining yeah uh you're not going to get that today this this movie played into the psycho like uh, yes. you know the psychosis yeah. of the characters i was going to say that the closest well. movie to do to this i mean to compare it to it is it, it is kind of like rosemary's baby it's a slow burn with yeah. uh, a couple, you know, freaky sequences here and there, and then just the it's all build up towards the end of what you get, and it's right. It's a fantastic payoff, and I love the ending. I love its uh, its meaning. It's a very strong, strong uh, like kind of moral, and I love it. Yeah, I want to see it again. Um, I feel like it it's worth watching at least two times. Oh, I would agree. So my number six is. The most Wes anderson of the Wes Andersons, yeah. the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, it came out so long ago, and I feel like I, I had forgotten about it. Not forgotten about it, but, I mean, in the back of my mind, I was always like, I mean, this will probably make my top ten when I saw it in theater. It came out in March or something. And You were I, able to, like, buy this movie for $10 over, like, I Christmas. think it was six last, last week on Blu-ray. Six, six bucks. Yep, I saw it somewhere what for six dollars. Yeah. That's weird. So... It came out back in February, March, and I'm just like, you know, I liked it a lot. I don't think it's my favorite Wes Anderson movie, um, but even the lesser of the Wes Anderson movies are still better than 80% of movies that come out anyway. And yeah. um, and then it came around like to the awards season, and it's like doing really well for, like it's up for a bunch of Oscars. It's up for Best Picture. The Wes Anderson movie is up for Best Picture. Just let that settle in for a minute. Like this is something that's been... Deserved. Well, I guess actually, I think Fantastic Mr. Fox was was up for. A, I think it was up. Was up for something, but still, like as far as like his live action movies, you know, he's he's been deserving of something, some recognition. I'm glad that I don't think of all of his movies. I'm, I mean, this is like a movie that I don't think I would, you know, give him the most recognition for. But I'm glad that it is because it's it's still a good movie, and it, I'm glad that he's finally getting some recognition that he deserves, other than screenplay. Um, and everything that we said about it earlier, I'm, you know, I'm basically reflecting again and it's, uh, it's a fantastic movie. And, uh, if you like Wes Anderson, like this is the Wes Anderson movie to a T. 
So getting down to the bottom half. Number five is the grand spectacle of Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. All right. And uh, again, we we did talk about this quite a bit, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's not always you know you're like I'm I'm afraid that I, you know every time I go like when I see a Christopher Nolan movie or I see something this ambitious and uh, mesmerizing that I'm not gonna see something like that again. Like I feel like I've I've actually seen something really like truly special, and to get that feeling from a movie is the most rewarding experience you can have. And the only reason it's not even any higher um, on my list is there are some things that happen with the script towards the end that I just, I downright hated. Like, I hated the way that the, um, <clears throat> everything that wasn't space and um, philosophy related, I hated. <laughs> um, particularly the whole Casey Affleck thing, but I'm not going to get into that right now. That, um, okay. But other than that, I mean, this this movie really does... Um, you know, show the side of space that I think up until now, obviously wasn't even possible, uh, visually in a movie. Um, you know, and that's, that's really special. Speaking of things that are really special, see, I can do a little transition there if I tried. Uh, That's not good. uh, Number four, number four, four, what did I say? Four. I like that better. Number four. We got here, we got number four movie. My number four movie of the year is Boyhood. Boyhood is um, a 12-year making, a 12-year movie in the making. And uh, Linklater, I mean, he's he's got a, the strangest filmography of any director, I think, out there. Because he's got some awesome movies like Waking Life and Days of Confused and like these classics. And then he's didn't got he, movies did like... Did he do Bernie? Yeah, and then he yeah he did Bernie, which I really enjoyed, um, and then he's got movies like the Bad News Bears remake, and he's just got like these like Scanner Darkly, which I didn't really care for. He's just, like he's, oh he did that. He's got some strange movies, but well, Philip K. Dick is strange. during this during this entire during his entire filmography phase from doing all of the. And actually, I have not seen any of the Before Sunset, Before Sunrise, any of those the, that trilogy. I haven't actually seen any of those, but during. Huh all of these time, all of this whole time, he's filming this, this movie little by little every year. Um, and to keep that together, like I have trouble as Alex would know when we were kids, um, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. would be making a movie and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not, not only just getting people together, but you know, or not only, you know, completing a film, but getting people together more than one day of shooting yeah. was a feat in itself. So like, it is just com- a commendable um, achievement that a person can put together something this grand of a s- scale of like a grand scale of, of a movie. Grand scale scheduling, yes. if um, you will. Of a movie that, uh, that goes into boyhood. And it's not the most insightful... Um, message driven movie and and i and you know when i first saw it i was like you know i was like when i was watching it i was and i slowly realized it that i was like it's not really a movie that's supposed to you know you know bring out those certain certain things or like to have like a you know you're not a, supposed a really, to have some it, magical epiphany yeah watching right this it's, movie. it's a I movie think... that i realized like it's a movie it's the way the movie's about the way they shot it it's it's yeah life is all about moments 
And that's basically what this movie is. It's just a, a bunch of moments strung together for two and a half or three hour runtime. And to watch that like unravel is amazing. Like to watch it's these almost, people grow up and it's almost verite in a sense. Yeah, it really is. And like, you know, I really, some of the stuff in this movie really, um, you know, I connected with it. Like there's move like in the beginning, the first, like all the music that's plays that's played throughout the movie, um, is, um, associated with that time period. So the opening shot of, of the kid when he's real young, what, six years old or whatever, he's lying on the ground and, and the song yellow by Coldplay is the opening track and he's laying down. And, uh, so what, 2000, 1999, 99, 2000. right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's the opening thing, and he's a kid, and I'm like, oh, man, I get that. And then at one point, he's playing with the Game Boy. Um, at one point, they're playing Halo. At one right. point, they go to the Harry one of the Harry Potter book midnight releases to get those signed. Like, it's just, um, it's awesome, because like, I, I went through Wait. all of this, too. You know no, what I mean? Mind. I wasn't as Sorry. young. I was a little older. But, yeah, I mean, like, I went through all of this, too. And, uh, you know, it was really something special. And, and I think that I think it's going to, I think it's going to win best picture this year and I don't think it really should because I think it's the most deserving movie I think in a long time um, because it's this is an unprecedented movie without a doubt yeah I mean it, it, you can you can yeah I always make the comparison to the Harry Potter series yeah but that because wasn't that it's wasn't, an ensemble yeah. cast that got together for I don't know since 2001 over all those years, they lost a few people along the way. Yeah. Um, however, they were old. But they also had to and make a movie over how many hours too? Exactly. Of movies of different movies, and they I had forget. it adapted from something too. So I mean, it's. A little I forget easier, what they said the shoot the shoot was the length of shooting was like almost like maybe just two months over twelve years or something like that. Hmm. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. To capture all that in two months of time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. No, I agree, and and that's about the closest thing that comes to this to boyhood right. is, is that and it you know but anyway boyhood's my number four number three getting down to the nitty-gritty here and these top three i i mean i definitely my number one is definitely the movie that affected me the most uh my number two is the one i uh was maybe impressed by or that i appreciated the most and my number three one is the one maybe that i connected with the most and that's the lego movie as, ah, as well as, you know, Alex, you know, one. we've talked about this, um, you know, ever since I was a kid, I still have them even at my old, at my house where I grew up. Um, That's kind of how we, that was like our first little play date. Right. Kids. Yeah. Like I, I've been playing with Legos since I was, as long as I can remember. And I even still today, I just bought, I, my girlfriend bought me the Simpsons Lego house set for my birthday last year. And I put that together and that's sitting jealous in my, uh, on my shelf. And that was awesome. So like. I still love Legos now. And when I heard that there was a Lego movie coming out, I was like, oh man, another like cash grab, like Legos are popular now. So they're gonna make a movie. It's gonna be like, you know, they make all those other Lego movies or whatever. And the way that they wrote this, like blew me away. Not only does it include, you know, some of the coolest animation, as we talked about earlier, just being able to seamlessly transition and not make you believe whether it's actually like CG or a legitimate, um, you know, Lego stop motion, but every single piece in this movie, every single thing is a Lego piece. 
everything. Right. And that is extraordinary because the... No, it's awesome, Kyle. Oh, Get it yes, right. It, everything is awesome, yeah. But just m- blew my mind. Like, the first... When I first saw... He got up and he was, you know, in his house and he's washing his face or whatever he's doing. And and then, like, at one point, there's, like, the, the he takes the shower and it's just all the different little one-piece clear Legos, like the little yeah. circle ones. And I was, I was like... This is this movie's gonna be amazing. I can already tell that this movie it gets it. Like it gets the Lego fan base, like the true classic Lego fan base. It's like and, one of those Sorry, go uh, ahead. sorry. Uh when when you when you're trying to make when you're making a CG movie, like in like Shrek, they wanted to make the princess well, what's her name? Uh the princess almost looked too realistic. So they had a toner down yeah. to make it appropriate for the movie. Whereas when you're making a movie about Legos you want to go for as hyper-realistic as you can get it because Legos are just toys. So right. when a toy actually comes to life, like Toy Story, make it as realistic as you possibly can. They like totally nailed that concept yeah. here. Oh, definitely. They didn't waste any any textures no. uh, or pen strokes here. It's, it was all put to good use, making it look as real as possible without toning it or pulling back for any right. reason they had no reason to pull back right yeah and that's what i love about the movie like it's just it's firing in all cylinders and it doesn't care and it's sure and i love that about it like it's perfect and um no, it's awesome too yeah the um and also like it, all of the different because i i collected a bunch of different uh there's like lego different lego series growing up so like you know seeing in the movie like there's different worlds and each of the worlds are a different set of the Lego piece, and that blew my mind because I'm like, oh man, there's the castle one, and there's the fi- there's the pirate one. I have these pirate uh, ones, and then awesome. here's the the Simpsons one, and then there's the the superheroes one, the Batman one, and the the underwater one, and this the sci-fi spaceships one. I'm just like, dude, this is blowing my mind right now because it's God it literally brought me back to when I was like eight years old, and uh, a movie <laughs> Talk has, about a movie has not done that to me i think maybe ever than this movie has because it oh man i felt i was like reliving my childhood and then one more thing quick about it because i I can go on about this movie forever the um the the way that the i love that like the well i don't want to i probably shouldn't say that it might be like a semi-spoiler so i'm just gonna let it go yeah maybe not but um the choreography in this movie is awesome and i felt like not many movies can do that because i felt like i felt like i if I were playing with Legos, like this is this is how I imagined it. Like this is how I imagined myself playing with Legos. Is like these awesome, crazy chase sequences and all this crazy crap happening, and loved it, loved it. So that's a Lego movie Very number nice. three. Number two is the Birdman. Yeah, Birdman is my number two, and yeah, again, man, Michael Keaton freaking nails it. Freaking oh, nails shit. it, and I mean. I think it was the most impressive uh, performance of the year. Um, and, and I appreciate this movie a lot because I, not, not that I have too much experience with um, you know, theater or acting really, but I know enough about it to be able to appreciate what this movie did for it and, and how it conveyed that feeling of, um, of momentum of, uh, claustroph- claustrophobic claustrophobia is that, how you, is that a, yes is that, yeah. claustrophobia claustrophobia like it gives you that feeling of claustrophobia of um you know having to 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 make something to leave like a legacy behind 
um you know like and and like the whole movie is 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 kind of like about that it feels like it's um overbearing because the movie's all one take so it gives you that feeling of um of uh nonstop like you, you know you, you can't rest you can't life is just right it's just and, going and you feel and like you can't you have stop a, you, it you have a deadline to get he, he had a deadline to make this uh play right. and the movie's like you know working with that and, and that and that paralleled so well and it's just oh man just it gave it like this movie i was on the like it was nonstop like i never felt bored or i never felt um you know out of place or anything and uh Everything about it is fantastic, and I uh, really appreciate it. And I really appreciate, um, uh, like theater and theater acting um, a lot more now. Just knowing that, uh, I mean, and you know, I mean, I'm not sure how, how, uh, to like personally, I'm not sure how uh, close it comes to that kind of stuff. But I mean, I've seen plays before, and you know, and from what I hear, the the one scene where um, uh, Michael Keaton and uh, Edward Norton are, are or he's like, I'm going to do some lines when they do the line, when he, when he first comes in to replace mm-hmm. the other guy and they start doing those lines back and forth. Um, I was listening to a podcast or something and they said that like, that's like that, like that happens. Like that's how you, you, you throw your lines back and forth. You play off each other. And, uh, and I loved it. And I also think Edward Norton is, uh, really, really good in this too. Um, Edward Norton, uh, apparently was also being very Edward Norton. Yes. In this movie. Yes. Cause apparently, yeah, from what, from what I understand, he's very hard to work with, um, from a film crew standpoint. Yes. And, uh, he definitely obviously plays that role here. And I, and I, I like that, that this movie is paralleling his life is paralleling Michael Keaton's life in real life. And, uh, yeah, it's, this movie's fantastic. Like Birdman, dude, go see it. My number one movie of the year is a movie that, um, as soon as I saw the first trailer, I was intrigued and I really, really wanted to see it. And it, and I didn't want to see it at home if it ever came. I don't even think it came out to to digital or to VOD. Um, maybe just now, but I saw it uh, maybe a month and a half ago or so, and I went to the theater to go see it. I went to this uh, little. Um, like kind of indie theater that was showing like movies like theory of everything and Birdman and, uh, that kind of thing, um, in Bryn Mawr and the movies whiplash. This movie ah. is, I, it's exhilarating to say the least. I legitimately was on the edge of my seat. Like, you know, I know how you say that's like a, you know, em- emphasis, emphasize it, but I really was, leaned forward the entire time I was, I was almost sweating during this movie because it's, it's just so adrenaline based and, um, powerful. It's a really powerful movie. And JK Simmons is just absolutely downright frightening as, as this, uh, intimidating music teacher. And I mean, I have nothing against, uh, um, excuse me, it was in Miles Teller. Uh, I think he, he does a pretty good job here. You know, he knows how to drum. So like he has a drumming experience. <clears throat> he has a drumming background so that, you know, I'm, I didn't want, I was, I'm really glad that they got somebody to do that because, you know, he's actually drumming. So if, in this movie, he's actually, you know, showing that he can do some of the stuff. And, you know, if you're not a movie, if you're not a person who likes to, uh, you know, watch somebody dr- or watch people drum for almost an hour and a half, two hour runtime, you're, this movie's probably not for you, but um, 
even if you you know have these about that like go see it because it 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 blew me away and uh really hit home with like because I, I play drums and I, and I played in a couple bands and I mean I know that this is different because it's not excuse me it's not um like a rock band he's playing drums and it's a it's a jazz like a jazz uh jazz band that he's playing drums for which is uh if any musicians know it's a very difficult um jazz ensemble like playing drums for jazz ensemble is like really very difficult um because some of the timings are all very different and uh it's and i'm not even like the craziest person of, of jazz music and like this movie really made me appreciate it more and uh See, it's, I love jazz. Yeah, and I feel like this if, is going to be something I'm going to. I'm you, really going to yeah, like. If you like jazz, this this is right up your alley, and uh, yeah, just like some of the stuff just really hit home uh, for me, and I really uh, connected with it in a in a personal and emotional way, and it it was really good, and and it made me want to play drums afterwards. Like I was like, oh man, I want to go like, play with drums now, and. I was like out of breath almost like at the end of this movie. It's just like, it's nonstop and it, it's it, really good. So, I mean, man, whiplash dude, go see it. And JK, you'll never look at JK Simmons the same way again either. Cause yeah, I only look, I only look at him as uh, uh Mr. What's his name from uh, Spider-Man. Uh, uh, JJ, 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 yeah, J Jonah Jameson. Yeah, J. Jonah James yeah, J. 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 That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There Thank you, go. you, Alex. Number two. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, uh, Whiplash. That's. Uh, I've I've that's wanted it. to see that. Top 10. I've heard a lot of good things. I, I'm shocked because of like I didn't think it would be that crazy, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. So I, I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I could see where some people may not love it or appreciate it enough, but like, man, it's a really, really intense movie and it's well, music, you know, music can be a powerful thing. And, uh, I, I guess if, if you're really that passionate about music, yeah, I mean, even, even, I mean, it's also like very in, uh, the, there's like a theme in the movie that's, uh, very prominent. That's, uh, just wanting to be the, best at something striving to be not just good at something but being the best at something and something like that takes an incredible amount of um determination and sacrifice and you know he that's kind of what he strives for in this movie and uh you know that feeling of just going for it and you know putting it all on the line for this one thing to become, you know, like the best. And it's, it's really, really, it works. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Let's get to the fun stuff, shall we? We shall. I'm excited. So, well, I guess really quick, there are a couple movies I just want to point out. Um, I mean, I know I kind of did my honorable mentions earlier with the movies that didn't make my top 10, but were close. But there are a couple of movies that I do want to just point out that, um, you know, either you know, did a couple good things. Um um, and I'm looking for it and I lost it. Oh, um, so the, uh, the one I love, have you ever guys, have you ever heard of this movie? It's that's on Netflix. On, that's like new on Netflix, right? Yeah. Um, yes. It's a movie with Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Shh. Moss. Right. And, uh, they play like this couple who go to this 
who are having marital trouble, trouble, troubles. Troubles. And uh, they go to this. Um, they they get uh, you know suggested by their counselor, their uh, therapist, to uh, go to this like secluded uh, getaway cabin or whatever, like for you know for for couples Jeez. that are having marital problems. So, it like, sounds they, you like know, that Tommy Lee Jones <clears throat> and Meryl Street movie. Yeah, kind of. So they go to this thing, they get there, and it's cool. And then it's not really a spoiler because that's kind of what the movie's about. But they run into, uh, like clones of themselves, but hmm. different. And then the movie kind of goes with that from there, and it's right. really interesting, and it's got a r- cool vibe to it. Uh, I kind of hated the ending, which is why I didn't, you know, didn't really put it on my list or anything. But uh, it's worth the watch at least. I mean, it's it's a pretty entertaining movie if you're looking for something to watch. If you're like you know looking for something with your girlfriend or something too, it's yeah, it's pretty good. To really All right. Um, another one, quick, like I said earlier, Blue Rune was number one on Sean's uh, list. I do want to just shout, give it a shout out again because that movie was really good and it was I never even heard of it and I watched it and I was very impressed. Um, and another one, Frank um, movie yeah. with, um, that's on what? Netflix now with Fassbender. Uh, yeah, Michael Fassbender is the guy with the big thing, and you know I. I considered putting this movie on my top 10 because, you know, as a person who's been in many bands and been wanting to make music, you know, been wanting to do something special with music and create uh, something that people will love and everything, um, you know, and it did do a lot of that. But at the end of the day, it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't hit it home. It didn't hit a home run kind of, but, you know, everything leading up to it and um, the story itself was, was all really good. And, uh, you know, it's worth the watch if you have if you have the time. It's on Netflix as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, I think that's about it for just a couple of things. Um, yeah, you're talking. So, on, oh, never mind. Just a couple of honorable mentions honorable that mentions. I, I, I wanted right. to just give a little shout out to that that were good that you know I just didn't love. So now, less honorable, the nitty gritty. Yes, even lesser of the less <laughs> honorable. So we're gonna say. The biggest disappointments of the year. This is always a little category Alex and I finish this episode off with. Right. Um, and for four years, we've been bitching about movies at the end of each of these episodes. Yeah. Um, about movies that we were really excited for, heard they were really good, went to see them, and we were utterly distraught and disappointed. So, Alex number two, what do you got? Oh, gosh. Um... Okay, so so we're not talking like just bad. We're talking like we were we were hyped. We were thinking it would be better, and it wasn't. I mean, there's movies that we know that were going to be bad, and then they were bad, and that's not really a disappointment because your expectations were low to begin yeah. with. But I'm talking about movies that like you either heard that they were going to be good, the trailers looked good, and then you went to go see it, and you're just like, dude, this is what are you watching? Oh gosh. Um. We can come back to you. I, that, that's, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have a, I have a couple. Uh, I can probably, I'll, uh, as we talk, I'll probably chime in if you guys come up with better ones. You see, you see bad movies all I the do, time. I come see on. bad movies. Okay, well, all come on. Right. What's a bad I just, movie? I got, that just you've give seen. us at least a bad I, movie. I got, I got two. I can bring up. Um, the one is Amazing Spider-Man Two. <laughs> there Not you go. that I expected it to be incredible, but. Uh, um, the ending had a certain event that everyone was expecting, and yeah. I didn't even see it. I didn't bother. Oh well, it's it, it's it's shocking that it's a character that I feel like is so difficult to f up the main premise of him, 
and they manage. And they manage to and do that, that, yeah. that, that movie, I walked out of it, like, I walked out of the first one being like, oh, that was, that was pretty rough. And then the second one, I was just like, yeah. really, you, you couldn't even, I'm, you couldn't even improve on the first one. I'm pretty sure Alex had the first Amazing Spider-Man on his top ten that year when it came oh, that out. that movie was I, terrible. Are you sure I did? It, is this that, is the entire I, I remember, point of remember, Spider-Man. I remember you saying that you you enjoyed it, but I don't remember if it was in the top ten or not, but I do remember you saying that you did and, enjoy it. And I did enjoy <laughs> the first and one. My s- I did not see the second one, so I don't the, know. The second one, it's it's just they try too much, and they fail in every single way, and it's just uh, like... Yeah. It's just terrible. So, it's Spider-Man three. It's worse than Spider-Man, Spider-Man three. I'd rather it's. It's worse than Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. three. Wow. Is is an amazing DVD. It's a terrible movie, but it's a great DVD. Oh my god! <laughs> In that every single time something gets boring, you can press the skip button and then it gets fun again. <laughs> oh. Um, All right. You know, here's what we'll do. I mean, you named one. Okay. <clears throat> I have one. So let's Alex one Alex. One, you'll name one, and then I'll name one. And we'll just kind of go around a couple okay. times. All right, okay. I've got, I've got a movie that I, I've yet to finish watching <clears throat> because I'm, you know, that's just how I watch movies. But at the same time, uh, a million ways to die in the West. Is, oh, I heard um, that was dying. bad. Yeah, it's, it's, um, not dying a horrible death. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen by any by any means, but it's. It's a movie that's trying a little bit too much of the... Uh, let's just put it this way. Seth MacFarlane has a wonderful brand of comedy. And it works really, really well in the right places. In animation? In animation. <laughs> it worked really well in Ted. Yeah, I thought Ted was good, yeah. And it's just it's different when you're seeing the director, writer, and actor of the film, you know, uh, spin his Front own comedy. center. Yeah, you know, even though he's you know he's voicing his own comedy most of the time, but he's another character. It's just really difficult to watch, yeah. uh, knowing who Seth MacFarlane is, do his own bits, and um, it just leaves me with a weird aftertaste in my mouth yeah. as I'm as I'm slowly trudging through it. Yeah, I feel like there was a number of movies that came out over the summer like that that. You know, I was just like, I don't, I don't even like want to go see that because I, kn- I know I'm just not gonna like it. Like I know I'm not gonna like it. Like a movie, for example, that that kind of started off the the uh, summer movie season that uh, I did go to see and it was severely disappointed was Godzilla. Uh, that, you know what? I was thinking of that uh, one before and then I I blanked on it. And I. I was like, oh man, a new Godzilla movie, freaking Walter White's in it. Oh, dude, this is gonna be sweet. It's like the guy who did Monsters, Gareth Edwards' Monsters, which I come to think of it didn't even like in the first place, but it's cool that he's doing another monster movie, like big budget. And then I went to go see it, and I was like, okay, first of all, Walter White's in like 15 minutes of the movie. And then yeah. yep. the rest of the movie is just like this fat dinosaur, like, like beating shit up, and like, it, it's just, it was so the dumb. Wor- and, oh, the so worst dumb. part about it is, I mean, you're there to see Godzilla, and every single time he's about to do something awesome, the camera starts focusing on Kick-Ass. And yeah, it's like, no, yeah, and Aaron jo- why oh, are man. you, I don't maybe, care about this guy, L- look over there. <laughs> yeah, maybe one of the worst, like, uh, l- like love uh, moments in a movie this year was, like, their their relationship was just, like, oh, it was, it was ugh. Hey. Terrible. My, my other issue with it is, is it all right? You're following this kid or this guy around, 
and they don't really give you much weight to follow them around. They don't give you a reason to care because the entire time you're seeing all these other people getting swept by tides and dying everywhere. And right. it's like, well, what's the big deal with this one guy that what sets him apart from any of the other ones outside of, Oh, he has a little kid and a wife. Like you really, I it know. doesn't give you a reason to give a damn about him at all. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Really left a bad taste in my mouth on that yeah. one. Uh, laughed, definitely laughed like kind of a few times out loud mm-hmm. at the movie <laughs> when it wasn't supposed to be funny. <laughs> In the theater, so. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Alex uh, 2, what, you go, what else you got? All right, all right. I, I have two more. Um, so hopefully we'll flip back to me at, at the end, because my last one's terrible. Um, okay. I was expect, and I don't know why I was expecting, but I was expecting better from RoboCop. Oh, uh, yeah, see, I didn't even get to see RoboCop. I didn't see that I either. mean, I, I went in hopeful just because I love the original, and it really, it takes yeah. everything that's amazing about the original and kind of kind of takes a dump on it. Mm. And Yeah, I was excited, too, because I do like RoboCop. I was like, oh, man, they're rebooting that. And then I'm, and now these days I'm slowly realizing that if they're rebooting something, it's probably not oh, going to be too oh, good. Oh, yeah, they're doing it for, for a sellout. It really is. But Yeah, yeah it's best to stay away. Yeah. <sighs> I, I was excited. Alex, num- oh, uh, sorry, you keep. Go- no, yeah, you're good. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't even have like the, the motivation to even like want to watch it. Eh. Like I'm just like it's a remake. Like that's like that, and there was like the Total Recall remake and these movies like that. I'm just like I don't care. I don't give me a fresh. Movie. I I went I went to see it on a date with this really hot, uh, gal, and. <laughs> And the entire time, she was just like, oh, yeah, uh, my, this was my parents' first date was seeing the original RoboCop, and this will be, like, our first date. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then we saw it, and I hated it, and she, like, was so upset that I hated it that she never... We, we <laughs> haven't seen each other since. That's really oh, funny. Boy. Well, you dodged a bullet then. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> she was like, you couldn't even, like, act like you like it. I'm like, sorry, it was terrible. Yeah, don't ever stoop that low. Nope, look. exactly. Oh, my. <laughs> Alex, number one, you got any? You got another one? I have, I, have, I sort of have two myself. Okay, yeah, just um, yeah, list them off. I've got um, Nymphomaniac. Really? And the only reason it wasn't the whole movie. I thought the movie was very Lars von Trier. Yeah, I, and, and, I, and I liked yeah. it because of that. However, I think it was the the, the reason I had a problem with this. The, the I had a problem with it was it was the way it was told. Yeah, the initial. The, it the narration kind of thing. Yeah, the whole like back um, and forth. Yeah, it's almost like you know watching one of those movies where you're like you know someone's someone's like in bed and someone's telling a story. It's like story time. Yeah, I know. You know yeah, story know time movies like Big Fish does it well, but this this to me just didn't didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Yeah. I thought it was going to be much a much more fast-paced movie. Not that I don't yeah. like... So, I like the pacing of the movie when they would go into the story. I think I didn't just, I just think I had a uh, problem coming in and out of it. <laughs> Pun intended. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Lars von Trier fan, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not in love with any of his movies. Um, the exception of Melancholia, I did really enjoy that film. I that did make my top that ten movie. that year. Yeah, I did. I do enjoy that movie a lot. But um, uh, like all of his other movies, like they're all just so he dogma, just, man. He just, he just beats up like his audience. He loves to torture 
his consumers, well, like with just just being depressing and and downtrodden. Well, apparently he's done torch. He's finished torturing awful. his um, liver. Yeah, so we may not get uh, many more films from him. Actually, yeah, he famously said, or infamously said, that now that I'm not doing drugs or drinking, I may never direct again. Yeah, because <laughs> it won't be as fucked up. And like, uh, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting, like tail yeah but yeah it didn't didn't do much else yeah he 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 this you know the way he films his characters and tells his story not in the sense of the literal sense the way he puts his characters on the screen i love that yeah but the way that the actual script told the story was i just had a a couple columns with do you want me to just tell me my tell you my other one yeah you can just listen now you're gonna be you're gonna think this is a little controversial um, but I, I think that this movie was maybe a little bit overhyped for me. Not that I disliked the movie. I thought it was one of the best movies of the year. However, Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, Some fighting done, words. I, think. I know. I know. Done. I, I know. <laughs> uh, Captain America Winter Soldier just didn't live up to the hype for me. I think... I think I do like the different. Uh, it wasn't the origin story that the first one was, and that I that I liked. I did like the espionage, but at the same time, I'm like, what was so great about it? It was just sort of. It was you know, it did its thing. It did it really well. But what 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 am I missing? I I just feel yeah. like I le- I left watching that movie with what was I missing? What you're missing is he fights a French guy named Batrock the Leaper. Okay. Okay. Right. Clearly, uh-huh. you weren't paying attention. That's the funniest yeah. name for a French guy ever, and that—that's—that's <laughs> that's all you need to know. There, there you okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> I ah oh God, that's actually that kills it. Die. I mean, no, no, it's you, you're onto something there because I mean, it's there isn't that much that's super special about it. No, it really isn't. But, I, I I do like that he, they were actually throwing uh, the elevator scene. Uh, oh, I yeah. didn't they were that. actually throwing punches in that. Yeah, like, not throwing, I, I, like they were actually punching each other. I should say. Yeah, he made. I oh, I just I liked that they actually like same same with Avengers. I liked that from the older the other Marvel movies. Like they actually made him made use of his powers and made him look like an actual superhero. And that's what I really appreciated in this one. Like right. he's he's running super speed through freaking walls. Like. That's cool. I, I, that <laughs> I mean, really he can cool. do that. He can do I, that. I mean, I, I, I like, yeah, they made his character more likable by all means. Um, and and I think part of why it had such an impact is because, I mean, we're in a world now where all these movies are connected. And yeah. it created a shockwave throughout all of the movies to come. Yeah, and I, it really did, I yeah. think that's kind of the, like, part of why everyone's, what t- people took away from it. It's like the movie itself didn't really do anything too special, but it's it really advanced the, the plot, f- the overarching plot of the entire phase of the Marvel movies. You yeah, right? the entire yeah. world of it, and I think that's more why it was groundbreaking. Yeah, it's an important movie in the, in the in that. Well, it it, it deals with Hydra in such a you know interesting but way. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, the movie Brings itself, it outside of having some interesting action and character stuff and some funny jokes, it really doesn't have that much that that's special about it outside of it affects 
this whole stream of movies, which is kind of something that really hasn't been done too much ever. Yeah. This interconnectedness. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, Marvel's killing it. Oh, yeah. As far as interconnectivity and their, and all of their, you know, their movies. It, I, I, <clears throat> However, you, we learned what yesterday that that might be going away. Oh no no! I, only uh, in well, the comics. That's, in, that's just in the comics, yeah. In the comics, yeah. oh, I see. But I, it's um, I was I was listening to a uh, broadcaster guy yesterday talk about it. Um, how like because we're in this Netflix area era where everything is you know you don't have standalone cartoons or television shows anymore where each episode is a standalone thing. It's always interconnected, and now it's like expected mm-hmm. to be like that to tell these grander stories. And the fact that Marvel's doing this, uh, they have this whole thing where basically movies overall are probably going to be trying to do that more and more now, which is going to be a very interesting change to everything. Or mm. a very, very bad idea. Yeah, it could yeah. backfire Marvel, so badly. Like, Marvel has this universe set, for, you know, backdating years and years and years and years in comic books. It's already written down. Yeah. All they have to do is not fuck it up. And they're doing a pretty good job of not fucking it up. So if any any other franchise is going to start this, it's got to be something that's like really grounded in its own universe, right? What do we have? Yeah, I mean, but you know. you know Hollywood's going to try, regardless. They're going to pull it out their butt as much as they can. Fifty Gray, Shades of Grey Part Two and Three and Four, but you know original like uh, spin-offs like what is this you know? I, I, they'll link to With other vampires? movies like i was hearing one about like men in black and 21 jump street like linking yeah, up yeah yeah crossover yeah what? yeah there's that's the kind of stuff that's being like hinted at all right interesting yeah, it's a little weird but, but frozen frozen and uh entangled crossed over yeah Frozen and well, I mean all the like Frozen and that ABC show. Yeah, that too. Even crossed They're over. They're creating these interconnected weird, but... worlds. <coughs> well, actually, I think it's just more that I'm pretty sure it's all Disney at hand right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's just all like Frozen's really <laughs> oh, popular, yeah. so let's milk yeah, it. Yeah, well, that for sure. But I mean, Marvel, Disney, 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 ABC, Disney. You know, I'm just saying what? it's the it's it's something to look out for. Yeah. I agree. No, I, 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 it's gonna, it's gonna be very, very interesting to watch, to say the least. So the last two things I just want to mention quick. Um, one movie that I, I was a little disappointed by, just real quick. I don't want to get too far into it. X Men: Days of Future Past. Agreed. Um, was really, you know, I'm a big X Men fan, and uh, really enjoyed First Class. Actually, really enjoyed First Class. I love First Class. Is so good. And then this one came out. And I was really expecting more because I was like, "Oh man, they're bringing back you know the classic Magneto and and uh, and Xavier, and we're gonna cross it with these other things." And it's like this time thing, and then it came out, and I was like, "I mean, the movie really has like, I mean, I know Professor X can't really do much but sit there, but <laughs> literally sat there for every part of his movie, like the entire time, sat there and pretty much." Well, yeah, it's actually, like- I I read this yesterday. I think they're they're gonna be crossing over. You know Stephen Hawking in the next X Men movie. What? Somehow. That's weird. You're obsessed. Um, what I what I didn't like about Days of Future Past is that like every big moment of it has been done already in the past X Men movies. 
like breaking yeah, there was no, breaking like, someone yeah. out of the Other, prison and, and breaking and, although i will say that was one of the coolest scenes of any movie this year was the quicksilver oh, yeah. scene it, and i wish there was more moments like that because even, that really I'm, I'm gonna ruin it for you that music wouldn't be playing he wouldn't be able to <laughs> well right right yeah i know in the time period and stuff but still um well that well that too and like the because he's going, he's going fast super fast shit, yeah um right yeah and and yeah oh god there was one other thing with x-men that i wanted to say oh yeah um like that movie it feels like it was made back in like when the x-men and x-men 2 were made like you know you have all these superhero films that have kind of built up their characters and they've told like more uh risky stories and i feel like that movie is like back in the late 90s that kind of story would have happened you know, it kind of hasn't evolved with the rest of the superhero franchise. Yeah. And I didn't like that. Like, I was I was like, oh, man, I'm ready for Bishop. Bishop's finally going to be in an X-Men movie. It's awesome. And then, like, I think... <coughs> he shoots me, his gun they once. Say his name. <laughs> yeah, they, they say his name once, like, like indirectly. There's never, like, an introduction, really. And then, like, yeah, you see him, like, two scenes. And, and then, then like, he's, like, dead, that's right? It. Like, it's, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, and I was like, dude, what? what is this? Oh, man, so let down. But oh, whatever. man, it's 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 Wolverine as time-traveling buddies. That's that's the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's just, it's the it's another Wolverine movie. Uh, which is kind of I, I hate that. Oh, I hate wait, that so much. Did that come out this year? Last, you know, for 2014? That was last year. Wolverine? Okay. Or the year before, even, yeah. I last saw year. it this past year. That was That was a rough movie. Awful. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't me. mind it. Like I didn't hate it. Like I hated Origins, but that was still rough. Yeah. All right. Um, my last one. Uh, and and bear with me on this. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And yeah. I, it's not that I expect it to be good. It's I expect it to be bad, but I expect it to be like entertaining bad, and it just ended up being boring as hell like it was just like infuriating how i was like ready to pass out the entire movie oh, that's a shame i didn't even oh, i, I <clears throat> no expectations for you and i yeah. I, I went i went in knowing i was going to hate it but i did not expect it to be as terrible as it was and yeah. i had to bring it up because that i i sat through it so i need to at least brag about that get it off your chest <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I know what you mean. That's yeah. how I'm going to be about uh, this one movie I'm going to talk about very briefly in a second. <clears throat> um, the last movie I do want to just uh, mention quick, I, I know I said it earlier, Noah. Um, big letdown. I'm a huge, huge Aronofsky fan. And, uh, you know, really kind of let down by Noah. Anyway, and there's that. Um, and another movie um, <clears throat> was Kevin Smith's Tusk. I wanted to see that. that I, I still want to see that no matter what. I wasn't like super thrilled about Like I wasn't like, oh man, I'm going to, I definitely have to see this movie. It's going to be amazing. But like I was intrigued by it and I knew it came from like a episode of one of the, one of his uh, podcasts, um, you know, a discussion about like making a movie about the guy in a walrus suit or whatever. And then uh, they made this movie and um, there's like, there's barely any redeeming qualities about this movie and it's like not scary it's not like super funny it's like stuck in an in-between of awkward and trying way too hard and like it's trying to like make this realization at the end and it's just like it comes across like tacky and and stupid and i just i really really hated it and i paid admission price to go see in the theater and i like we're i am very mad about that (laughs) (laughs) so that's all i'm going to say about tusk sorry you had to sit through that then (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you're into like seeing Justin Long turned into a, a walrus and like fish thrown at him, you'll probably enjoy it. But you know, you might be some of that niche crowd it was going to. Pretty towards. sure. Yeah. No, that was my wet dream back in, uh, back when I was like yeah. 12. <laughs> um, uh, oh, no. <laughs> so getting down to the end of it, just want to mention this really quick. And I don't, I did, I honestly didn't even want to bring it up because I don't want to have any backlash. Um, cause I know it's very, very popular at the moment. Um, but I do want to very briefly mention American Sniper. Um, I don't want to sound anti-patriotic because that's not what this is about. I'm talking about this movie. Um, I have the utmost respect and uh, res- uh, you know belief in our troops and everything like that. I thought and, you were going to say Clint Eastwood. Um, no, and his no. chair. Um, actually, after this, like I mean, with the last few years, I'd say Clint Eastwood should stop. Um, oh, but. Uh, American Sniper is well. Let's just let's just say this year he came out with two movies. One was called Jersey Boys, and one was American Sniper. So just let that sink in. Um, American Sniper. It's not that it's a. It's not like a terrible movie. It's not really not. Um, and it's it's an interesting story. It's a cool story about you know the 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 most lethal sniper in U.S. history with like over 160 confirmed kills or something, 130 something like that, and. It's not that I hated it, it's just, I really, it bothers me when there is such a positive, and and leave it to me to, like, rain on someone's parade, you know what I mean? Because that's <laughs> just how I am, I'm very cynical, and, you know, leave it to Kyle to do that. <clears throat> Kyle. But the, um, the amount of people that are just being awesome, like, being struck in awe over this movie is mind-boggling. This... People are saying like, "Oh man, I went to the theater. It was the best thing I've ever seen. The, the, you can hear a pin drop in the theater. Everyone was in tears at the end of it." And I was like, "Dude, I did not have that experience whatsoever. If anything, during this movie, there is a scene with the worst, <laughs> the the worst fake baby. I <laughs> saw that doll in the in cinematic history." Awful, just pure awful. I don't know if it's because Clint Eastwood is uh, like 90 billion years old and he's senile and he's blind and he can't see and he oh, didn't notice on. it, or it's because that Clint Eastwood is is um, is known for doing like only a few takes and just moving along, um, which is very clear when you see this movie. <clears throat> um, That's, that but, may be true, but the guy's like 84 years old, and you should go on YouTube and watch the behind the scenes of. I'm not praising american sniper i haven't seen it actually right. alex and i we had attempted to see it and the, the brutal it was a fail yeah so uh i haven't seen it yet but i will say go on youtube and watch the behind the scenes and watch clint eastwood work behind the camera he's still it, it's like he's in his fifth 60s you know what i mean <clears throat> he's that I'm old sure he is. he's yeah, so I'm sure old he is. it's like he's in his 60s I'm sure he's spry and he's very spry when he's, the, when he's behind the camera, but um, I just I don't I don't I don't think he's got the knack for it anymore. Just when you see the movie, Ain't maybe he'll think today. differently. But <coughs> excuse me, but um, yeah, the fake baby scene—it's like uh, this really intense scene um, with he's, that he's having with his wife who just gave birth uh, to their infant daughter, and he's talking about how he doesn't want to go back to war, and it's very emotional, and you know. She's crying because she doesn't want him to go back. And he's saying, I got to do it for my country. All while holding and caressing this baby oh, doll no. that is lifeless. And you can, and, <laughs> and they show it relatively close where you can tell that it's just like either a, 
a dead baby or, or it's <laughs> fake and it's clearly fake and you, you can see like the side profile of its face oh, and no. it's just it's such a terrible this is moment the to have the only reason that, that i'm happen. going to watch this movie now you know that right it, the, the fake baby scene <laughs> is, is on youtube you can check it out yeah you can watch it on youtube yeah, it's, right, it's kind of like a phenomenon yeah. right now but um but yeah i'm like other than that like i think bradley cooper does do a very good job um i just uh, the pacing of this movie is is pretty awful and uh some of the I don't know. Like he, he doesn't make it come across like the motivations are, are very clear. And like a lot of the messages are kind of mixed and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, again, it's not that I hated it. I'm not trying to be like, you know, like a communist or something, you know, but it, uh, and then there's definitely some, there's definitely, there's definitely some redeeming moments. I just don't think that it's, uh, what you're saying is our country and our troops deserve a better movie. There you yes, go. That's what I'm saying. A movie like um if I were to compare it to Zero Dark Thirty, which I think is a fantastic right. film. Agreed. And above above and beyond this movie in every way possible. Um and even the Hurt Locker I think is better than this movie. I wasn't crazy about Hurt Locker, um, but definitely more to take away from that than this movie. Um and uh Leave it to I Bigelow. Just, yeah, I just don't think that this uh uh I think what bothers me is like people are praising it like to be the best movie ever and it and it, it it all of a sudden came out of the blue after not after going zero for everything and every award every awards uh uh besides the academy awards and then the oscars come up and it gets nominated for like best picture and and a, like i think it's six six uh six awards or something yet having zero nominations for any other type of award beforehand yeah. is just like i mean clearly you know what I mean? I, I, I'm so over with the, uh, I don't even want to get into the Oscars. I'm, it's so political and everything. I hate it. So yep. that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, all right. Um, I think that about wraps it up, gentlemen. About I want to thank you very much. Uh, Alex, number two, thanks for joining us. Hope to have you on future episodes of uh, this here rant. You get the, uh, we'll get you the full on experience of a true rant rather than um, one of these uh, centrally serious geared towards a certain subject episodes. Sounds great. <laughs> Thank you for having um, me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So very good. And uh, as always, Mr. Zarnowski, it's a pleasure. Ah, as always. Thank you very, very much. Uh, I love doing this every single year. I look forward to it and uh, I look forward to next year's. Yeah, so make sure that you write your movies down. You know I won't. Starting now, as you soon as you go see another I movie. Won't. Well, this is my reminder towards right. you. Okay. You know what? I, I will try. I will work on my spreadsheet. There you go. For next Start year. Start a new spreadsheet up for 2015 and, and get it going. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rambling About Notable Topics. You can find all of our great episodes at ajazznetworks.com, which also has a ton of other great content, including crappy comics, Age as Decrypted, Beautiful Topics, and of course, The Salomar Show. You can follow the official Rant Twitter at Rambling Topics, and myself at Kyle Cicilloni. You can also listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can find this show and more at Ajaz Networks. Originally different media for your personal taste.